Talk Radio 96.7 drops everything that it's doing just so that we can talk sports. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Give us a call. We're talking sports. The number is 682-1430 at 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at Ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Well, this weekend basketball coming up, Gator basketball. The Gators won 81-60 last night in the Exact Tech Arena over South Carolina. Just crushed them up by 30 at some points in the game. But now the fun is over. Now the Gators are going to have to go to Rupp Arena and that's going to be, or they're going to K-State first. And they're 11th ranked, they're 17-3, and and they just happen to have former Gator Keontae Johnson, who is averaging 18.3 per game and and 7.5 rebounds. That game will be on WONN right down the dial, 6 o'clock tip-off, 5.30 pregame. Then Wednesday, the Gators will host Tennessee, and that game will start at 7 p.m. in Gainesville, 6.30 pregame. Coach Joe, rough road to hoe for the Gators coming up. Fun is just getting started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, four four games coming up. Th- uh, three of the four opponents are ranked in the top five, Yeah, and the other one is at Kentucky. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a uh, part of the schedule that would be considered the tough part. You know, the Gators already have a very good strength of schedule because they they played some great teams along the way, you know, including Xavier and Connecticut. Those two teams played last night. Both teams ranked high. Actually, Xavier ended up beating Connecticut, two teams that are probably going to go far in the tournament. Gators have played them both. Um, didn't beat either one of them, mind you, but that was earlier in the season. What we're seeing now is a team that's really starting to gel. You see uh, the players seem to come together. They're working better as a unit, especially defensively. That defensive effort last night against South Carolina was tremendous, and that comes on the heels of a, a great defensive effort against Mississippi State on the road which uh, helped them to a big win there. So, you, you know, that's that's a team that's working together well. And only five turnovers. I believe they had close to 20 assists last night. You, you love the cohesion that Coach Todd Golden is getting out of this unit. It's really starting to be something exciting to watch. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, I, I was thinking the same thing that you just spoke about is the fact that, that this team really seems to be coming together We'll get a better barometer of that as they come up with this difficult stretch. After Kentucky, then they're at Alabama. And, uh, man, I tell you what, there's just no rest for the weary in that schedule. Alabama's probably the best team of the four that they'll yeah. play. And Kansas State is is very good, too. And, you know, it's been a couple of years because of his his health problems, but Keontae Johnson, he hasn't missed a step. You know, you almost forget how good he was, and then you see how he's playing now. He has been fantastic. He put up an effort against Kansas, 24 points, 8 rebounds, and the game-winning dunk in what started the slide for Kansas. That was a huge win for Kansas State, and they are uh, are moving rocketing up the rankings right now. Oh, yeah, he's a 6'4 guy. He's very muscular, can jump out of the gym. Yeah, he, he's a guy that you really want on your team, and it's unfortunate 
that the Gators couldn't let him play. But from a risk standpoint, I certainly understand why the Gators would not let him play. Um, you just hope that nothing happens to him because he seems like he's a great kid. And um, we're going to get a little more on that. We're going to have former Florida Gator Bill Koss with us here uh, after we take this break. And uh, Bill will uh, enlighten us on some of the stuff coming up for the Gators and what he's observed. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk 1430, WLKF 96.7 FM. Hey, this is D.D. Lewis, former Dallas Cowboy linebacker, and you're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. We are privileged to have with us tonight a man with a unique perspective on Florida Gator basketball, Mr. Bill Koss. Bill, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Well, thanks very much, Ron. It's good to be with you again this year. Oh, man, we were really excited to have you on. I said unique perspective. You played there. You coached there, and you did color commentary on 350 broadcasts. So you've seen it from every possible angle. Impressive win for the Gators last night over South Carolina. Well, yes, actually, they're playing uh, very well. They've won uh, five of their last six, and uh, I think they're starting to find uh, you know some some comfort there in, the, in a group of guys that can go out and compete. You know, one of the things that I observed last night is that they had really balanced scoring. You know, they've relied on Castleton a lot, and he led the team in scoring last night. But you had five other guys in double figures. What do you attribute that to? Well, I think last night, you know, home game, uh, probably South Carolina may be overmatched a little bit. uh, But uh, the bottom line is they moved the basketball. They really shared it. They moved without the ball. They kept reversing the ball. They got it inside, got it back out. I mean, all those things are what make you really effective against any defense. South Carolina was playing a 1-3-1 zone most of the night, and and it was so spread out. I didn't think their help defense was very good, and so Florida was able to get some backdoor cuts, got a lot of baskets at the rim. Uh, Florida still, you know, struggling to shoot the ball from the perimeter. I think when teams uh, so far have been able to uh, be successful, they've been able to keep Florida from making the – making the shots uh, on the perimeter. How in the world did that South Carolina team go into Rupp and beat Kentucky? Well, I think we all have to the same question. <laughs> uh, you know, Kentucky, uh, I think early in the conference uh, year, kids are uh, there, you know, trying to figure things out. And uh, there's a lot of factors going on today in college basketball with the number of games that players are playing and uh, the emphasis, uh, you know, on winning each one of them and, particularly at a place like Lexington, they were starting to feel some heat up there. The fans actually booed them some this year, which is first time I've heard of that in a long time. But uh, <laughs> they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're finding their way back right now. They got a good win on the road over Vanderbilt, and, you know, they're still going to be a really tough out. Our guest tonight, the great Bill Koss. We're talking Gator basketball, and it's a happy subject tonight. 682-1430, if you want to join us, 682-1430. Bill, it's Coach Joe. It's great talking to you again. Um, and I just uh, love watching Gator basketball again. Uh, this this team is a lot of fun to watch. And you mentioned 
about the, not relying too much on the threes bec- uh, and that they're still not shooting a great percentage of it as a team. I think from an individual standpoint, it seems symbolic to me, I, I'm going to ask you about this, that uh, individually what the, the improvement of Kawasi Reeves and Myron Jones over the last few weeks, or at least the last couple of games at the very least, sort of mirrors the way the team is going. Well, I think, uh, you know, people have been waiting for Myron Jones to break out. He came here from Penn State uh, his uh, sophomore year there. I think he had made 42% of his threes, and he was a guy that uh, demonstrated that he could make the shots and uh, was going to be a big asset for us in that regard. And he's really uh, struggled here, you know, last year certainly struggled, and then this year for the most part, but now in of late, he's made some big shots, which has helped his confidence a lot, which obviously for someone like that, he's a 50-year senior, you know, confidence is a very big deal. And, and Kwasi Reeves has a lot of ability. I mean, he's a very, very talented player. He's a guy that, uh, you know, has a huge amount of upside uh, with hard work. Uh, and I think he's beginning to realize that also. I think his, his attitude uh, has been pretty darn good all year long in terms of keeping himself in the moment and trying to play uh, the possession by possession. He's played defense very well. I think as a group, our team is, is a really good defensive team. I think that's maybe overlooked some when we have focused so much on their ability to make shots, but you know, they've been able to really uh, hold other teams down and make it hard for teams to score 60 plus points. So yeah, I like uh, I like Kwasi Reeves. Certainly, I like uh, what he brings. He's multidimensional. He's a very exciting player. I think the fans love to see him on the floor, and and uh, they could keep uh, you know getting more balanced scoring and uh, and and allow Castleton then to touch the ball more. You know, on a possession. I think the big thing for Florida is that they start possessions by putting the ball in Castleton's hands and giving him a chance to do some things. He's a very good passer. Uh, he's someone who really is an unselfish player, so he'll make the extra pass. And, and I, he's really made some very nice uh, plays, you know, once he's gotten the ball and had to, you know, play a, a one-on-one when teams have been triple-teaming him, why there hasn't been anywhere for him to go. So he's really relied on the guys to make shots when he's thrown it back out to them. And, and they haven't uh, done a good enough job, I think, in some of the losses. Although, you know, once again, we have to remember that uh, Florida's last three losses have been by a total of eight points. So, you know, they're a team that uh, really has uh, been kind of off the radar a little bit because of how they started. Obviously, you know, this schedule from this point on is where the real challenge is for the Gators. So that's going to be a big determining factor in terms of how things play out as the season goes along. Yeah, Bill, they're five and three in the SEC. All three losses, one possession losses, part of an zero and four one possession uh, run until uh, the Mississippi State game earlier in the week when they did hold on to a one possession lead in that situation. But in the three losses, they in the final minute had the opportunity to to win or at least go ahead and turn the ball over or or got off uh, you know a very bad shot uh, and and didn't seem to have uh, any sort of strategy there late game. The the end of the first half last night, when they just had a few seconds, they put together a very nifty play that got the ball down court quickly and got a got a good look at a three, but but it missed. Are they it, from a basketball standpoint? 
when you get these late game situations, is it because the guys haven't played together that much? Is that inexperience as a team, as a unit, that they don't have better tactics at the end of a game? Well, I think uh, first of all, they work on those uh, situations a lot. I mean, I I don't think we can uh, be disrespectful to the coaching staff in terms of preparation because uh, they have certainly invested a lot of time and and given uh, a group of guys uh, opportunities to figure out, you know, how to play against different defensive sets and different defensive strategies maybe that the other time is using, depending upon where the ball's put in bounds, whether it's under the basket on the side, whether you got to bring it down the court or not. I mean, all those things they put, uh, you know, they put seconds on the clock and they play out those type of situations uh, over and over in practice. So that's uh, that's something I think that they've got a certain comfort level for. If anything, to me, uh, you've got a lot of transfers, obviously, and you've got kids that were really good players at a lower, you know, division, so to speak, uh, of, of college basketball, and so they they feel like maybe they can take that play over and make that play and. And uh, all by themselves, you know, they can uh, be the one to hit the shot or make the play. And, and uh, you know, that's where they're making a big mistake because uh, at this level, you've got to be able to, you know, make, make your out-of-bounds pass, make your cut, make your, set your screen and do it quickly. And you've got to be ready to uh, react by giving the ball up to someone else. So, uh I think they'll catch on. I mean, I really do. I think they've got plenty of game experience and all these kids. And, uh, you know, I mean, except for Kugel, who's just a freshman and playing just so very, very well. And he's got a very high basketball IQ, by the way. I think they're all kids that have had plenty of situations to play in late game uh, activity and uh, should be uh, able to perform better. And, and really they have, you know, for the most part. I think sometimes – you have to give the defense a lot of credit for how they've uh, been able to stop a play. You know, I think a lot of times you feel like, well, your team really messed up. They didn't play as well in that situation, maybe, or you thought that they weren't prepared. But uh, sometimes the defense is giving them looks that they weren't expecting and uh, and really have to give them some credit. Bill, uh, you not only were successful on the court, but you've been successful off the court we have kids that listen to the show. Talk about the importance of getting your education and um, how you've applied that off the court, what you're doing today. Oh, Rod, I tell you, that's a great question for, for those of us a uh, little bit older, perhaps, uh, that have uh, seen the game uh, through a different set of lenses and certainly have always had tremendous respect for the for the scholar-athlete, the guy that is a student-athlete, the guy that comes and stays at a school for four years and represents the school and, and, uh, y- you know, has that has in his heart, you know, a reason to do more than just be necessarily a, a great basketball player, but a role model for other students to believe in and, and to feel like they can have pride in. And, you know, with what's going on today with the transfer portal and, uh, and of course the NIL money, which has been talked about so much, it's, uh, you're blue in the face and that's just the world we're living in today. And, and at the end of the day, fans are still going to come out and watch basketball regardless. But as a young person, I think the most important thing is to uh, work on fundamentals, uh, to really uh, devote yourself. If basketball is your love, if you really do want to uh, aspire to be a, a good player and have a chance to play at the college level, 
uh, you've got to go to work on fundamentals and and really pay the price. I I think it's uh, it, it's an interesting thing when a lot of these kids have so much natural ability anymore, and they're athletic and they're strong and they're you know well nourished and they're able to go out and and perform athletically uh, a lot better than, than others. But then when they get to a certain level, they haven't really been schooled in the fundamentals and. There's so many opportunities as a young person to really work hard in the summertime, to practice on your own, to, to do ball handling drills, to do footwork drills. Uh, those two particular things are, are really key because they, they set everything else up. If you have good foot, footwork and you have good fundamentals and you're set up to, to make your shot, and if you have a little more strength in your legs, then you're going to be able to get that ball uh, held properly and released properly, especially when you get into your teenage years. But uh, I think most important of all is that you really do put academics first and that you realize that there's so few kids that ever get to play at the highest level of professional sports. Uh, there's so much more to life that you're missing if you don't really apply yourself academically. And golly, I think all of us know that the college experience is one of the best experiences of our life. And if we, if we go to school and have respect for the scholarship that we've been given and the opportunity that we've been given to, to play before people who appreciate us and support us and, and then to go back into the classroom and do our work and put ourselves in a position to network with other people so that as years go along, once we come out of school, we'll have uh, something for the rest of our life. And, and that really is, to me, what the uh, college education and the college athletic experience is supposed to be about. No doubt so, about it. Yeah, I, I would, I would say there's plenty of there's plenty of guys out there that are really good role models, and I think that the parents would do well to try to help our help children to be uh, the right role models, the right uh, people who would be able to be a hero for someone, and uh, and and certainly uh, education is the foremost thing in in my mind in all of that without a doubt one of my favorite basketball stories i think it was hugh durham when he was at florida state one year they didn't graduate anybody and they said coach said how many of your guys graduated he said heck all of them wanted to (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's important well that's right i mean that's uh that's what we've seen and of course uh you know as, as we know why there's a lot of different uh ideas about things today and how things should be or not be but I think at the end of the day, uh, how you respond as a person is is the key to how the rest of your life is going to be. And so, if you if you respect opportunity, if you respect others, if you if you have a, a good work ethic, uh, so, so that you go about taking care of the important things every day, and then uh, let sports become a a real uh, you know motivator for you to to uh, to take that good classwork that you're doing and apply it in such a way that you can get some of your education paid for, hopefully all of it paid for. And uh, then you've got something really special to, uh, to work with the rest of your life. I know I always felt that way. I always felt, and I think my teammates did that uh, getting an education, getting a degree from the university of Florida was a very big deal. And, and we were appreciative. We have so many guys that are appreciative of that. Uh, You know, right there in Lakeland, you got a couple of fellas that uh, really were, were, were great players in Florida. I'm thinking about uh, Livingston Chapman, Jose Grimsley, and, of course, Chris Richard, you know, probably the best sixth man to ever play at Florida. 
all living down in that Lakeland area. And, and I know that uh, getting their degree has been really something uh, for them to, you know, to feel proud about uh, when they've gotten it and, and continue to work for. Yeah, we've you know, had, we had uh, Chris Richard on the show in, in the past, and he's just been he's just been terrific. And uh, you're always terrific, Bill. We, gosh, we love having you on. And uh, we, we hope you can come back and join us. Uh, I'm especially looking forward to this uh, documentary that the SEC Network's going to be having about SEC basketball. I'm going to watch that, and then I know I'm going to have a lot more questions for you then. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you joining us tonight here in the Ozone. It's just wonderful talking to you about Gator basketball, and, and, and we appreciate everything you do. And, and thanks so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome, fellas. It's great talking to you, too. All right. That's the great Bill Koss who wrote the book Pond Bird. You might want to look that up. Great and, book. Um, Terrific book. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. We are talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone, and we only bring you the best guests. I mean, Bill Koss, talk about a guy that knows basketball in and out. He just texted me, said, 51 years of broadcasting the game, over 900 broadcasts, radio and television. How about that, Coach Joe? Uh, yeah, and yeah, you know that's a special treat when Bill comes on the show, and uh, he, he, his book, The Pond Birds, is terrific, and uh, he he's got so much knowledge about the history of Gator basketball and basketball in general, as he was uh, alluding to a little bit, and you know for those of us who love basketball as much as we do, the SEC Network has a big treat coming for us starting Monday. There's going to be a seven-part documentary about SEC basketball, the history of SEC basketball. If you remember the, the football series they had a couple of years ago, uh, how, how great that was. Now they're going to do the same thing with basketball. Both men's and women's are going to get a real deep dive into the history of SEC basketball. And uh, for those of you who are younger and might not be familiar with some of the amazing basketball and some of the amazing people who have played in the SEC, like Dominique Wilkins, like Shaq, you know, like uh, uh, Chris Jackson, like oh, so so many. Neil Walk. Neil Walk, exactly. Uh, Vernon uh, Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Yannick, or not Yannick Noah, <laughs> Joe Kim Noah. <laughs> yeah. Yannick being his dad, that's, how, that's yeah. how old I am. Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford. Yeah. Uh, so so much great basketball. Udonis Haslam. <laughs> oh, man. What, uh, you know, he's still active. He, he doesn't play much with the Heat, but he is still on the active roster. <laughs> He can get AARP cards, can he? <laughs> he's amazing. Oh, he's, man. He's, he's a fan, doing fantastic. He's such a leader. They just keep him on the team, uh, even though he only plays in the rarest of, of, of situations. But, does he uh, have a rocking chair on the bench? I think he does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everybody loves him, UD down there. And the Heat are playing better, by the way. They've got that Kentucky connection that's working right now. Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. <laughs> it's really, it's really doing well. That's the Pat Riley effect, since he's a Kentucky guy too. <laughs> oh man! Well, I understand. The rumors persist. There's some big doings going on in the NFL this Sunday. Oh yeah. We have the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites at home, and Kansas City is taking on the Bengals, 
in the stadium that the Bengals are calling Burrowhead Stadium. And I would imagine Kansas City is going to be a little insulted. Mike, find some inspiration in that. What do you think? Well, Kansas City uh, has a terrific offense. Uh, the biggest inspiration might just be the fact that, that Patrick Mahomes is out there playing because he's got a high ankle sprain, which there's no such thing as a minor high ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah ankle sprains can sometimes be minor. You shake them up, but a high ankle sprain is the worst kind to have. And it's usually lingering, and it definitely, I can't imagine it, his throwing will probably be fine. He can he can work around that, but his mobility is going to be affected by that. And Cincinnati has a terrific pass rush. That's got to make the difference in the game. I could be wrong, but Cincinnati beat a health, healthy Patrick Mahomes last year in Kansas City, and I, I see them doing the same thing this year. Well, we got a caller that wants to weigh in. Daryl, how are you, my man? All right, Judge Andrew Owens. That's right, Andy Owens. Yeah, Lord. yeah, yeah. So many great. Great players. Oh, yeah. I remember they used to chant, Andy's dynamite, Andy's dynamite. That I remember was that Hillsborough. Before you were there. Oh, yeah. I remember that Hillsborough high school team he played on with Ronnie Jackson. Everybody thought they were going to win a state championship. And in the old Florida gym, they lost on a last second shot to Gainesville High School, a guy named Eddie Machan, who went to Georgia Tech and was one of the first black quarterbacks in the SEC. Yes, he was. Yep, he pl- he played at Tech for a year. He would never, never really, um, never really um, lived up to his billings, right? As as a football player, how about Chip Williams? Chip Williams, Ronnie Williams. Yep. Oh, I remember Ronnie Williams. I saw the last basket he ever scored for the Gators. Dwayne Shinsis. Dwayne Shinsis. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Uh, Mike Letterman. Oh, yeah, man, you're going way back. There you go. I saw him play. I was in school then. I was in school when he was there. I played in the basketball band for three years. So I was at all those games. Yeah, the Ernie and Bernie show. Yeah, the Gators beat them in the old Alligator Alley. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. They called a technical on the band. (laughs) Was that you, Daryl? Not me. It was a sax player in the front row. Sure, he wasn't. Uh, we were pl- we were playing while they were on the court, and the crowd was going nuts. And the next week, there came down an, an edict from the SEC office: bands could not play while the players were on the court playing. See, Daryl's always over the line, just a little over the line. I knew it was you. Yeah, yeah, you know. Who, who were the Alley. twin towers at Kentucky? I was trying to. Was it Roby and? Phillips, oh, yeah. Roby and Phillips. At- I don't think it was Phillips. That doesn't sound right. It was Roby it was- and Rick Roby's son um, went to Florida and played football. The guy who was selected in the '84 draft, uh, Sam Bowie, I think you're thinking of, right? Wasn't he uh, Kentucky? It was Roby and Phillips, Twin Towers at, sure? at Kentucky. We we beat them too. I think one time up there. I guess Roby was was '78, right? That yeah. that was one of the neat. Was that Goose Givens? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. one of the neat things was the Gators weren't always very good, but it seemed like we almost always, every year we would upset somebody in that old band box, that, Alligator Alley. That ba- band box is exactly right. That is that is tight and tiny in there, man. I can imagine how loud it must have got, especially with the band playing. Nowadays they pipe no, the we, music we in. Have that one game time. against Tennessee, Ray Mears was the coach Yes, Tennessee, he was. And he had some health issues. Mostly mental health issues, and we we just we lit him up that night. We just lit him up that night. 
I almost can, yeah, Tennessee had strong teams, very strong defensive teams, usually low-scoring games. But then they had the Ernie and Bernie show, and that went on a little different tear there for a while. But anyway, yeah. yeah they had some good ones. I almost forgot, you know, speaking of great players from the SEC, Charles Barkley, you know, because I, I was around when he was playing. And a guy he, named Maravich was pretty good, too. Yeah, Maravich. It was a bunch of great SEC players. But, but who in was my the, time— Who was the guard that we— when we were up there, that um, scored a bunch of points for the Gators. It was a um, Vernon Maxwell. You thinking? No, not Max. No, it was a. I can't remember the fella's name now, but he scored a bunch of points for the Gators. The great guards included Dan Cross. He was always good. Uh, but this is way before that. This no, is yeah, this is you're, 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 in school. Yeah, you're, I'm Larry Brewster. Before that. Remember Larry Brewster? He was a seven footer, gangly, not not real coordinated. I think he was from Georgia, if I remember right. Ed Palubinskis played for LSU. Don't remember That's him. one that you don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't. Now, one time we were – one time during one of the games, there was a um, – we were playing Ole Miss, and there was a guy in the Ole Miss bench that never got in the game or whatever, and during the um, – Pre-game warm-ups or whatever. One of our one of our guys in the band went out and started shooting with him, in the, warming oh, no, up with the guy. No. Oh yeah, there was oh, a yeah. guy on Alabama that liked that, and my fraternity was sitting right behind the Alabama bench, and uh, just wearing him out. His name was Johnny Dill, and he almost never played, and <laughs> we were just wearing that poor guy out. Do you were you at the game where they had the streaker? I, I don't remember that. Yeah, and we had Ronnie a streaker, was the streaker yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> Absolutely, we had a streaker. So he didn't came stay. Of, came right out of the student section and ran straight, straight into the north north exit or whatever it was. Oh, yep, man. sure did. Don't look, asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fact, they were so concerned it was going to happen again. We had a televised game in a couple of weeks down the road for that, and they they taped the entire halftime ahead of time so that they would not have to worry about whether there was going to be a streaker on the court during <laughs> halftime. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Some great memories from the old band box back then. Oh, that was a, that would, and they'd roll the, they'd roll the bleachers up on both sides and they'd play intramural ball in there. I, yeah, played, I intramural played in there ball too. In there. Yes, was Gene Shy who you were trying to think of? No, it was, I can't remember that guy. He, he could jump like crazy. He had a, what a forty-something inch jump, or whatever it was. He scored a bunch of points for us. When Tommy Bartlett was a coach, you probably don't. Tommy Bartlett, in between tennis matches, yeah, was a, that's was right, a coach. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, great memories, Daryl. I, I wish I could remember that guy's name, but Richard Glasper. That's it. Yeah, that's right, Richard, Richard Glasper. Glasper. I do remember him. He he scored a bunch of points. He could jump like there was no tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm glad you thought of that. It was bugging the heck out of me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Well, I I just wanted to go back. You're talking going back 50 years. That's 50 years. Golly, you had to rub it in, didn't you? Yeah, that's all right, man. You're good. You said uh, Bill Coss is 50 years. Yeah, that, yeah, I can go. I can go back 50 years. Absolutely, go back 50 years. Yeah. Oh man, that documentary is going to go back. Uh, however many years it's been, 70, 80 years uh, back there uh, in seven parts. So uh, 
I don't. I, I think that some of that stuff that you guys talked about will be on there. I, hopefully, there's some good footage from Alligator Alley. I'd love to see that. There's there's not going to be a whole lot of Gator basketball before <laughs> no, really Norm no. Sloan. There's just yeah, wasn't there wasn't a whole any lot before there. that. Well, Daryl, we got about thirty seconds left. Who you got in the NFL playoff games this week? Cincinnati. All right, and who Cincinnati you, and Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I do too. That's the same way I oh, see it too. We all, We're unanimous. We all are agreeing on this. We're yeah. unanimous. <laughs> unanimous. This is dangerous. Uh oh, better Darryl place Welp your bets, it. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Tell Cody hello. We'll do it. Talk all to right. you later. See you, Daryl. That's our man, okay, Daryl. All right, Talk Radio ninety six point seven WLKF. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Hey, this is Doug Johnson, former NFL and Gator quarterback. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. All right. Coach Joe and Ronnie O here in the Ozone. And I know right now I hear those stomachs growling. You're hungry. You're thirsty. And I want, says, want it now. That's right. Ronnie O, Coach Joe, get off your duff. I'm hungry. I want that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Well, here you go. If you haven't won in the last six months, give us a call at 682-1430. That's 682-1430. What we want to know is give us the college any of the four starting quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs this week played. Now, two of them, you could actually give us two different answers, and we'll accept either one. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes. All you got to do is tell us one of them where he played his college football, 682-1430, if you haven't won in the last six months. So, Coach Joe, we're going to send them out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, 5650 South Florida Avenue. You go in there, you got 40 strategically located television sets, drinking meal specials every night of the week. It's a sports fan's paradise. Yeah, I love going there to watch college football on Saturdays. Uh, and, you know, hey, <coughs> college football season's over. But for me, it's okay because uh, Saturdays are also the EPL and college basketball. So whether it's early in the day or later, uh, I've got a reason to go to the Ale House and hang out there. And the the meal specials they have during the week are also terrific. I, I try to get there at least once for lunch during the week as well whenever I can. I, hey, basically, I go there as much as I can. I just love the place. <laughs> That's all I can say is they – Part, part of it is the food, part of it is the atmosphere, the strategically located TVs. That's all great, but other places have that. What for me sets the Ale House apart is they really treat you like family there. I mean, for real. That's not just a cliché. They are so nice to me. Um, they, you know, Jorge, the GM, always comes up and, and, and chats me up a little bit. Uh, we talk about uh, South Florida sports a lot, and uh, he's also an FSU fan, but we still get along great. And then uh, whether it's Ashley or Dax or, or Brittany or any of the staff there, they, they just treat me so great. And if you go to the Ale House, you're going to have a good time, and you're going to eat great food, I promise you. No doubt about it. You know, Brock Purdy's brother actually played at FSU. And um, I, I thought they were from Florida, but I, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Brock Purdy might have been from Arizona. Yeah. Well, three of the four quarterbacks were high draft picks. Uh, the obvious exception that was Brock Purdy, who's the very last pick in the draft this past year. 
Mr. Irrelevant, but they all were successful in college. They were all highly regarded. So um, Yes, they were. And Brock Purdy, he, it's not a surprise that he's doing well because he was very good in college. He, he wasn't as big a star as the others, though. Well, you know, he's not a big guy. He's like six feet tall, and that's usually, you know, the scouts X him off, you know, don't waste your time on this guy. Yeah, I know, just because of his size. That's kind of surprising because he has such a great presence in the pocket and such good accuracy, which in, in, this, in today's NFL is huge. All right, we got a caller. It's hungry and thirsty. Greg, how are you tonight? Hungry and thirsty. Oh, that's what we like. That's what we like. Can you tell us? Yeah, I love Miller's Ale House. It's great. Oh, yeah. You're off to a good start, my man. All right, can you tell us where any of these quarterbacks that are in the playoffs went to college? Yeah, Patrick Mahonez, uh, Texas Tech University. Exactly. Yeah. What about Burrow? Do you know the two schools he went to? No, I don't. You, you've already won, so it doesn't matter. This is just bonus, yeah. Greg. This, is, this State, is for, like, big props. <laughs> Ohio State and LSU. And then Jalen Hurts, of course, went to Alabama and Oklahoma. And Brock Purdy went to Iowa State. And, uh, as I said, his brother played at uh, Florida State. But uh, So you've been out to the alehouse then, huh? Yeah. Good times. What do you get to eat when you go out there? Oh, they have the best burgers you ever tasted. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> burgers are terrific. They got that uh, brownie. Oh, yeah. They have that, an awesome brownie. You, you have help eating that? Because I, can, I cannot. That is huge, that brownie. That brownie sundae <laughs> yeah. is enormous. <laughs> You'd have to be an Eric Clark to eat all that. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I love man. I love I love that and their Captain Jacks oh, as well as dessert and uh, the wings the wings are amazing there they yeah they really are. are great they are um, who are you picking in these games this weekend Greg uh, I like uh, Kansas City Kansas City over the Bengals all right what about yeah. Philadelphia and the Forty Niners Forty Niners. All right. Well, you just you went against us, though. So we'll see. You know, the nice thing about Kansas City and Cincinnati is there will be a Gator in the Super Bowl because they each have a Gator on their team. Uh, of course, Kansas City has Kadarius Tony, and uh, Cincinnati has my man, Evan McPherson, who's who kicked him into the Super Bowl last year. Maybe he'll do it again this year. What do you think, Greg? Uh, could be. <laughs> All right. Well, hang on the line. Eric will get your information. We'll send that out there. You can go out there as early as lunch tomorrow and eat $30 worth on us. You'll have 30 days to claim that. Okay. Thanks for listening, Greg. We appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. I enjoyed the show. Oh, thank you so much. Well done, Greg. All and, right. Uh, uh, yeah, shout so- out for Allied Scrap, too. I've given them some business. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, it's a great folks out there, Frank and Rose Gillia. Um, I grew up with them. I've known them for over 50 years. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, that, that, they're a class act over at Allied. Definitely. Oh, they really are. Well, hang on the line, and Eric will get your information and um, put your hand over your wallet. He'll probably try to get your wallet, too. Yeah, so. you don't have to pay anything for this, Greg. Don't let, yeah. Eric, don't let Eric say otherwise, all right? Just stop it, guys. Just stop it. <laughs> you don't need to give him your Social Security number or any of that stuff. <laughs> Just just a name. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Greg. All right. Well, Greg, 
begs to differ with us on the pick. So he likes Kansas we'll City. Well, yeah. well, if Mahomes can get the ball to Kadarius Tony, uh, who's yeah. done a great, that's been a big get for them. You know, they had to replace Tyreek Hill this year, and since they got Tony from the Giants, he's been playing very well. He's really, really starting to contribute. Isn't Carlos Dunlop on one of those teams too? Uh, he used to be on Cincinnati. Uh, I've got to double check who he's playing he might with be now. In Kansas City, I'm not sure, but you um, could be right about that. You're right. Got, you know, going to have some Florida Gators in the Super Bowl one way or the other, and I'd love to see my man Evan McPherson kick them in there, like you said. Want to thank Bill Koss for coming on with us tonight, and as always, Coach Joe and Ronnie O in the Ozone.